what is impact investing and how can you use this strategy to increase revenue for your nonprofit organization? Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school and I'm joined today by John Duong. John is the founder and CEO of Kind Capital and he has written a book, Impact Investing. And John has become a national expert on this topic through his work at the Kellogg Foundation and then at the Lumina Foundation and now through his work at Kind Capital. And John, thanks for being back with us at the fundraising school. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. First of all, need to know what is Kind Capital? So Kind Capital is a, an integrated uh, advisory investment firm, and we are also an affiliate of a broker dealer. So in essence, we can do advisory in terms of helping companies think about their impact investment strategy, family offices, and large nonprofits that are trying to build their impact investment strategy. We're in the process of raising our own impact fund, targeting 100 to 150 million to do essentially the types of investments that had done before. And then our broker dealer capability essentially helps early stage and some late stage companies raise capital as well as advising them on M&A. Impact investing is a very broad topic. It touches traditional 501c3 nonprofits, individual donors, foundations, even the private sector. And what we've asked John to do is kind of really focus on the traditional 501c3 nonprofit, that slice of impact investing. So John, just kind of starting out, what is impact investing? That's a really good question, Bill. And it depends on who you ask. Everybody has their own definition of what impact is, what investing is, and what's impact investing combined. So the way that we define that, and certainly um, within the Kind Capital platform, impact investing is leveraging financial tools to drive an outcome that you want to drive. And whatever impact area that you're trying to focus on, ultimately leveraging a financial instrument to drive that in a scalable, sustainable way. That is what we define impact investing is. And when I'm working with an individual, an individual who is a donor or an individual who could be a donor, how is impact investing either distinct from kind of just a traditional charitable gift or alongside the traditional charitable donation? I think it depends on the objective of the individual. Um, I would like to think of impact investing as an incremental tool. It's not where you have to choose between giving and or investing. It's literally that hybrid. So if you think about an individual donor <clears throat> who's driving an outcome that they're trying to focus on, and you have, again, most donors aren't the Bill Gates of the world where you've got so many billions that you can't give away fast enough. This is one way to not only drive the impact in a scalable way, but to potentially get that money back as an investment, but you're using a potential grant dollars uh, that, that you typically would just give away and would never see that again, right? So if you're leveraging impact investment as a tool, one way to do that is to structure, assuming there's a business model that actually works to be scaled using an investment structure, the second is that you can also use that tool to catalyze other donors and or investors. So you can influence and steer capital or the typical term is to crowd in capital, whether it's private sector, other philanthropic donors, philanthropic investors, or even traditional corporates into the mission that you're trying to drive. So if you structure the tool appropriately as a donor, there's many ways to leverage that. John, you, you concluded there by saying structuring the tool appropriately. You know, what do fundraisers need to know? Is this a one size fits all? As you explained impact investing there, it sounds like it's, it's highly tailored, very specialized to each individual donor investor. Can you help us understand that, please? 
Yeah, I think um, you, you have to understand your donor's objective first and foremost, right? They're giving away money because you're trying to drive an outcome. So depending on their circumstances, what do they like to do? Are they very risk tolerant? If you think that's the case, then they might be interested in doing it as an investment, as an equity, early stage investment that can complement the mission related to your organization. If they're more risk averse, but they also are trying to make their money, let's just say, um, leverage other type, types of capital, they could do it as a loan where they're actually providing some type of first loss protection to the types of you know, entities that you're trying to finance where outside capital would traditionally not be interested in investing, knowing that someone else is willing to back it initially, or at least be the first dollar in, they can have a pretty powerful impact in steering other investors or donors to come into that type of mission that they're trying to steer. So trying to understand exactly what is the investor donor trying to do. Secondly, the type of risk appetite that they have and understanding how do you actually complement or mix and match those two things to, so that they're fully aligned with your organization to drive what it is that you're trying to drive. John, the traditional 501c3 nonprofit, as you know, they, they could have existing programs that they're looking to sustain and grow incrementally. They could also have a <laughs> new idea, a big idea, that inflection point on the bell curve that's going to take them to, to new levels of achievement and impact. Where does the impact investor typically come in? Is this a person who likes to be early on in that new idea? Are they later on in a sustaining growing mode, a little bit of both? What do you see as folks are utilizing impact investing? I think it could be in the full spectrum. It all goes back to your original question. Um, are you customizing the tool to suit the individual donor, whether that's a large philanthropic organization or individual? So it depends on where along that spectrum they're interested in playing. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, ultimately, impact investing can be fully aligned across the full spectrum. Now, where we typically see um, the tool being applied is probably on the earlier side. Now, not, not at the point where you, you know it's going to fail and it's going to be unlikely to be a successful venture. That's where you just leverage grant funding. It doesn't make sense to structure something as an investment when it's not meant to be. However, there are interesting innovations where if the scale of the business model actually makes sense. It can be self-sustaining. It could be revenue generating. It could be actually quite profitable, but it's really early. And so a donor might be willing to potentially provide that as starting with a grant just to test, you know, sort of the concept and then put in some impact investment capital where knowing that it's very high risk, but if it actually could work out, there's a potential way to get your money back. And then as it starts to get a little bit more, I would say risk um, or lowered, lowered in terms of the risk spectrum, then you could potentially see just a traditional investment come in because that impact capital first seeded and anchored that to catalyze that outside capital. Don, I want to ask you the, the same question for kind of two groups here. Let, let's start with the donor. That, that question <laughs> is why, right? So why would an individual do this? Why not just invest in gold, in real estate, in the stock market, in a private equity, you know, do their own shark tank and find some you know, private sector idea that they want to invest in. Why would an individual want to do this through the nonprofit sector? So I think there's two things. There's the preconception that impact investing 
And I remember having a conversation with a, a family office individual at a conference right after I had um, just gotten off a panel. And I said, look, I'm an impact investor. And the first thing he said was, oh, so you lose money. Um, and that was the perception, right? There's this perception that impact investing cannot make money. And that is so far off um, from the truth, because if it's structured appropriately, in some cases, it could make more money than traditional investments. So as a donor slash investor, if you think about the capital that you could put into the stock market, that's purely financial return. If you're able to drive that same financial return, yet align it with your values, align it with the impact area that you're really concerned about trying to, to, to have some <laughs> uh, long-term uh, objective of, of achieving, why wouldn't you do that? You could give away money as a traditional grant, which you, know, you should not stop doing, but in some cases, there are opportunities to leverage your investment capital in an impactful way where you can get both bottom lines fully achieved, right? And I can give you an example. Um, one, one investee of ours had um, literally got acquired, um, you know, one of my first investments at Lumina, which we won't mention just to be um, sensitive, to, sensitive to confidentiality, but they were acquired by a large uh, corporate traditional company in the education space. And we made five times our money, right? So is that, you know, any less than a traditional investment? No, but it's impactful. It's a company that had good impact because they're in the credentialing space. And in the meantime, while you were there as an investor, able to influence that, that company's work. Same yep. question, John, the why for the nonprofit. So John Duong is the author of Impact Investing. I read the book. I learn about what this is and how I can do this. But maybe I'm thinking, well, I should just do my annual fund and my major gift campaign and my comprehensive campaign from the nonprofit standpoint. Why should that nonprofit pursue donors and foundations interested in impact investing? Sure. I think two things. One is that we're starting to hit, again, I can't predict the future in terms of where the economy is, but most more than likely folks are expecting a recession. When you have a downturn in the economy, the availability of resources to nonprofits is also going to be lowered. Because if you think about foundations, they have less money to give. It's the same percentage, but on a lower base, right? The asset uh, base that they have to give is going to be lowered based on how the market performs. Same thing with individual donors. When your portfolio starts to shrink, you're going to have less to give. As a nonprofit, and you're, you're literally going to see even more need in a downturn. So in essence, you're going to be competing against other nonprofits going after a smaller size of assets available, resources available. So it's going to be even more competitive. The reason why you want to think about impact investing is this is an alternative way for a donor to support you. And you might have an initiative. Um, it could be an accelerator. It could be research. It could be whatever. There may be opportunities to support an early stage entrepreneur that is very aligned with the impact area that you're trying to focus on, right? It doesn't have to be grant money, which you might have traditionally used. If you find a donor that says, wow, I actually am interested in a very innovative fundraising uh, fundraiser who's looking to leverage my tool in a way that traditionally I would have given it as grant, but now I might be able to get that money back and or give even more. This is a way to differentiate yourself as a nonprofit, to think about all the tools that's available to you that a lot of folks have not yet fully grasped. So if you understand that you can still go after the grant dollars and you should, but there's another pot of money 
that will probably be just as important, if not more so, and it's going to be growing. The sector in impact investing has continued to grow over the years. It hit a trillion dollars in AUM, uh, according to the GIN, the Global Impact Investment Network, uh, in their most recent study. It's huge. This trend is not going to stop. And if you're smart about understanding the tool and how that can help you drive your organization's mission, how that actually aligns with the donors that you're talking to, and it differentiates your way of um, partnering with them, that could, that could give you an edge. We're meeting donors where they are at, regardless of how we're fundraising uh, from them, whatever vehicles that we're using. And now we meet this donor who has his entrepreneurial streak, uh, loves to think about all of their financial management in terms of investing, whether that's their savings and investment, their private sector work, but also their nonprofit work. You know that about that donor. This is a conversation that you can have. John, so much good positive information here, but I, I also want to ask you, know, one of the things we teach at the fundraising school is that the most important word in leadership is no, that you know, there are just some things that are not aligned with us. Sometimes that's values uh, that are inconsistent, the donors' values inconsistent with our public service mission, for example. But, but I'm thinking in this, in this context of impact investing, the, the impact investor who comes to me and says, hey, I would really like to see your nonprofit do A, B, and C, and I would do this investment, not a gift, but an investment. And back at the nonprofit, you're thinking, hmm, we're not sure that's us. We're not sure we have the capacity to do that well. We're not sure that that's aligned with our public service mission. How important is it to be, um, you know, you know, kind of really taking a close, critical look at these opportunities when I'm the fundraiser, again, still trying to serve this donor, still trying to serve this investor? Yeah, that's a really great question, Bill. I think sometimes it's really easy to say yes when you when people are waving resources at you, but you lose your ultimately your north star. Know who you are, what you're trying to do as an organization. What's your mission? Now, granted, missions sometimes evolve a little bit, but in general, if someone comes in and says, "Look, if you're willing to do this, which is you know 90 degrees or even 120 degrees away from what you normally do, and you're not comfortable, don't take that." It's the same thing that we tell entrepreneurs when I was investing um, for Lumina. What happened is the entrepreneur, they're seeing this check waving at them. Their business is one thing, but then the investor wants them to go in a very different direction. You're changing your business. You're changing your business model. You're changing what you set out to do. Now, sometimes that's for a good reason because the business isn't working, but other times it's completely just for the wrong reasons. And being really comfortable and, and just letting the entrepreneur, or sorry, let, letting the investor or the donor know that this is just not the type of thing that you see the organization um, in terms of you know where it wants to go and where it aligns and being helpful and saying, look, there might be another organization that is much more aligned with that type of investment that you wanna do and, and helping them get to that relationship, you actually might get other types of capital or other types of um, donations when, when that's more appropriate than what they're trying to steer you to do. Uh, and, and I absolutely agree with you. Saying no is, is hard, especially when it's a big check but it's also really important because if it takes you off track, other donors that have invested in you and donated um, research to you for a very different mission may also leave if you get steered the wrong way. So keep that in mind as well. Which, of course, frees you up for the possibilities and impact investing that can make sense for your nonprofit organization. John, you have invested in our knowledge on this topic with great impact. So thank you so much for helping us understand the title of the book is Impact Investing, available anywhere that you purchase books. 
John is the founder and CEO of Kind Capital, providing national and international leadership on this important topic of impact investing within social entrepreneurship. Now, at the fundraising school, we talk about a wide range of fundraising vehicles and tools and strategies that are based on research, evidence-based. And that's why our alumni meet or exceed their fundraising goals at a rate higher than the national average. And 95% report that they gain greater confidence to fundraise effectively. This happens to our public courses that are in-person and online. Our custom training is also in-person and online in the United States and anywhere across the world. We have quarterly webinars, we have these free podcasts, and of course, our textbook, Achieving Excellence in Fundraising, the fifth edition. All of this information on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. So grateful for our guest today, John Duong, author of Impact Investing. Our producers today are Mike Anthony and Jennifer Boffman. I'm Bill Stanjakovich, and now you are now more fully informed on this first day from the Fundraising School. Mm-hmm.